0: Hey, it's Malia. Heads up that we get a little salty in this episode and use some adult language. Just so you know. Okay, onto the episode. Deep breath. Oh, so many deep breaths. Belly okay. breath. Deep belly breath. Like a balloon.
1: I feel like my balloon has burst. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. bits of
0: plastic and rubber, rubber. <laughs> Welcome to Semi-Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. We break down current research and share takeaways from our own experiences to help all of us live with more calm, joy, and authenticity. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi.
1: And I'm her sister Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. Today, we are doing a follow up to our episode number 25 Perfectionism and Self Compassion, which we released almost exactly two years ago. Mm. That's wild. I know, it's
0: so funny to know that.
1: I know. I mean, of course, the pandemic has made everything seem kind of fluid with time. Right. Exactly. Two years ago. Who knows? (laughs) But both of us went back and listened to that episode again to note where we've evolved and where we are still growing. And we'll share which practices fuel those changes so you can try them, too. But first, let's do a quick check in. So, Malia, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing okay. I, again, did not have my headphones and just ran around (laughs) the house trying to find them. Always the headphones, I know. I know. Gosh, I just need to put these headphones I use for recording and editing, and I just need to keep them just in my computer case or something, but they always are. So Mm -hmm. there was that. But otherwise, um, it's been a pretty good week. It's also been kind of like my sleep is off, and so today my mind is not fully online, so I'm not quite sure (laughs) if I'll be able to speak in complete sentences, but... You're um, doing fine. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. The kids are sleeping well, which is fantastic. Oh, great. And I am sleeping a little bit better. I think not having extra coffee and not having an extra Adderall like that I'm take when I like need it, you know, has been helping, which makes sense. Just all those stimulants too much for my sleep, so well, anyway. That's good. Sleep. Yeah, sleep is a, a wonderful thing. I'm glad that's uh, that's shaking yes. out a little bit. I'm for you really guys. working on getting to bed before 10:45. I started habit tracking again for the first time since the pandemic. Like oh, just wow. the goals that I want to be working on. Yeah, just meditation, and I'm being very gentle with myself as far as and like good. not breaking the chain. You know, just like well, I paused for two days, and right, um, we'll try again tomorrow. Away. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. But
1: how are you doing? I'm okay. I've had better days. I'm a little bit just off in general. Um, It's funny because I was re-listening to episode 25 and we had just done the time change then and we just did it now. And so Mm -hmm. it is rough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Yeah, we do it one week earlier here in Spain than y'all do in the States. And it just, you know, it's dark at 5.30 and it's just... I feel so tired all the time, at least for the first week until I kind of acclimate and just, yeah, I feel like I've just been very stressed and kind of overwhelmed by things. So Mm -hmm.
0: it's been it's been a day, you know, it'll be okay. Dysregulated. I know. I've been very dysregulated in like mood and sleep and various things. And yeah, the time changed. We had do on this we do this Sunday. I'm not looking forward to it because it's already dark when the kids go to school and then it'll be dark when they come home. So (laughs) it's like it'll like be slightly lighter for a little bit, but then it also gets dark. in the morning. as time goes on so not so fun but the holidays are coming and you are coming to visit
1: yes i'm very excited about that yes it's november so like i can start getting excited about christmas and things like that so it's really nice to have those
0: bright spots let's start a google doc and then we can really get excited and that can be our beacon oh i love that (laughs) yes pulling us through let's do that (laughs) indeed we will (sighs) yes Well, we're talking about perfectionism today. Perfectionism has been a recurring theme on Semi Together. We've looked at questions like, how do we show up authentically and vulnerably and learn to treat ourselves like we would a friend? How do we learn to be more compassionate with ourselves? We've been wanting to record another episode on perfectionism. And like Jill mentioned, it was two years ago, almost to the day. We, it was funny because we had been thinking about it and then just happened to look. And that was either coincidence or fate. So <laughs> if you have not listened to that episode yet 25 or want to revisit it along with us, we encourage you to do that. There's a lot of good stuff in there if we do say so ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, that's pretty I know, hey, great advice. Yeah, <laughs> I should these, do that. <laughs> these ladies know what they're talking about. This lady knows, yeah. <laughs> (laughs) and so we'll link to that in our show notes
1: so a quick recap perfectionism is holding ourselves and or others to impossible standards and then getting upset for falling short of them often internalizing the failure as i am a failure and a super quick review of why perfectionism is harmful it's self-defeating and holds us back from being our authentic selves when we're afraid to look bad or make mistakes we don't try and we don't grow it's dangerous Perfectionistic tendencies have been linked to a long list of issues like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, PTSD, chronic fatigue disorder, insomnia, and even early mortality. And it's on the rise. It has grown substantially among young people since the 1990s into what researchers call an epidemic. And we have both struggled with perfectionism ourselves, and we still do. It's an ongoing struggle. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes. yes. So as we are listening back to episode 25 to see how we've evolved and what we're still working on, we are going to talk about that in the framework of the rising spiral. So Malia is going to explain
0: this framework, which she uses with the clients that she coaches. Yes, so starting in episode three, Have I Evolved, we've talked a lot on the podcast about psychologist Jerome Bruner's theory of learning as a spiral starting with the basics at the ground level and then looping upward. So you are encountering the same concept or skill, but understanding it in a deeper and more nuanced way each time with your previous knowledge and experience as your foundation. And it means you literally cannot be stuck in the same problem. Like sometimes we feel that way because you have learned something the last time you encountered it. And that is super comforting to me. Me too.
1: You know, even in those moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this again. Mm -hmm. Haven't I done this a thousand times? Like knowing that you're a little bit further along is really comforting and
0: helpful to me you have more tools, you pr- like you're like you building those pathways in your brain to respond differently, and eventually you will. <laughs> yes,
1: a little better prepared, a little wiser. a little Yes, wiser. exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I created a progress tracker worksheet, which Darren graciously designed, and this is the rising spiral, past, present, and future. And at the top, you write in the topic that you're evaluating, so you can do a progress tracker on any topic, and in this case, we'll do perfectionism. So there is a rising spiral and going up the middle of the sheet that's sectioned into past, present and future. And you note how you deal with perfectionism, how you dealt with it then, now, and then the hoped for future. So most of us have these challenges that are ongoing uh, themes throughout our lives. And, yeah, we can wonder, have I evolved at all? <laughs> the answer so, is yes. 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 On the progress tracker, you can see that it is a yes, that you have evolved, even if it doesn't feel like it. And you can celebrate those wins and see how you're still evolving and where you want to go specifically. What does that look like? So jotting in milestones is helpful, too, those turning points where you encountered the same kind of situation that you have in the past, but responded differently and in a way that produced a better outcome. And that is how you know that you've evolved.
1: On our own perfectionism rising spirals, we each tracked our progress since episode 25, and we sent each other some voice memos
0: as we noticed what has changed. Hey Jill, one of the ways that I've noticed being less perfectionistic than before is meditation. I've been trying to establish a meditation habit for the, I don't know, 50th time, and I'm being kinder to myself about the habit tracking. I kind of take a break a couple days sometimes when there's other stuff going on, but return to it, often just because I'm so anxious when I wake up that I need that to ground me. And I use the Calm app, and it's five to 10 minutes maybe, my mind wanders during the practice, it's not a problem. I just bring it back. Each time I bring my mind back to present, it's like a bicep curl for your brain, as Dan Harris says. So yeah, in college, I had this ideal practice of, at least in my mind, sitting on a cushion, in like a dojo sitting for 20 minutes with a bell and all this stuff and that's still kind of what I have in my mind as if I could I would love to meditate that way same thing with exercise it's like I could run miles I did not have children I had a flexible schedule now I take Lily for a walk jog for 15 minutes and I call it good and usually with bustling around the house just because I walk really fast I get my steps in for the day Though my Fitbit has broken, so I assume that I do. Anyway, it's good to see these markers of things that I encounter now that I used to respond less adaptively in the past.
1: Well, first of all, that's really awesome that you're able to think about meditation and exercise in a different way. And it's not like the perfect ideal. Like, I feel like I do that with writing, too. I'm like, I want to be in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of books and a typewriter. And that is how I will write my novel. You know, like that's, that is the only way.
0: That's the only way I
1: can do it. Same with yeah, meditation exercise, like getting those little
0: moments in are super valuable versus, you know, nothing at all. Yeah. And I know the best practices because I did study meditation for a while in college and did practice pretty regularly. So you're supposed to sit either in a hard chair with your feet on the floor or on a cushion on the floor. And I have a cushion. I have a hard chair. But in the morning, Darren is sitting on the couch. It has some firmness to it. He's sitting next to me and then I'll sit next to him just so we can like spend some time together, even mm-hmm. passively. It's been working for me. So it doesn't need to be the traditional way. <laughs>
1: right. No, that's great. And that is good for me, too, because meditation it's something I try every now and then, you know, I try to mm-hmm. build that habit. And Brian does have the the sitting cushion, and he's been pretty good about, you know, doing that every morning. I've been mm-hmm. very sporadic, but I don't really like the cushion, I'll be honest. I usually, mm-hmm. when I do it, will sit on the couch or on, like, mm-hmm. the edge of our bed. Ten minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, it, it still helps. Also, bummer about your Fitbit. That's not cool. I
0: know. It's been on, for, like, two or three months, I just kind of got used to not wearing it, and then I mm-hmm. realized I hadn't been getting as many steps or just moving as much, because I'm not as motivated because I'm just like, why even move if oh, I don't yeah. get credit for it? What's the point? I know. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. when my Fitbit is dead or it's
1: broken. You know, I've gone through many over the years. Mm-hmm. I feel that way too, which I know is not,
0: <laughs> you know, I walked for right. many years without having a Fitbit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it I still like, gets you from here to there. I it's so good for your help. I just like I the know. credit. I know. I'm gonna get another one for Christmas. It's on my list. Oh, so. that's, awesome. that's good. Um, <laughs> until well, then, just have until territory. then. I'll just roll around on a motorized bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jill, you sent me a memo about what has improved on your rising spiral. So let's hear that. Hey, Malia, I have
1: noticed a few ways that I
0: have improved
1: in my perfectionism. One of them is just training myself to start things you know like I have a tendency to just stare at a blank screen or really struggle with getting started on something because I don't think it's good enough or it's perfect enough and so I am just trying to limit myself in terms of time like okay just knock this thing out in 10 minutes and it doesn't have to be good. It's just a, you know, crappy first draft or whatever for a work project, or, you know, just start this one task. And if you get further than you think you will, then that's great, but you're not obligated to do more than a set amount. So that's helped me. And I did that like today and yesterday with a couple of work projects and it actually worked, which was great. And another way that I've noticed that I've improved is just celebrating those small wins. It doesn't have to be a huge victory for me to give myself credit for that and even if it's not as perfect as I want it to be just recognizing that I did something versus nothing so I have been really actively trying to give myself credit for that and you know journaling
0: about it at the end of the day and just celebrating those small wins as I get them. That is awesome both the starting trick of your brain where you set a timer <laughs> and I've known about this for so long I just have, haven't used it but then you're just like I just have to do it for I use the pomodoro to do it kind of right um, same yeah. concept right where yeah just that's like, true all you
1: have to do is
0: yeah, yeah. The 25 minutes sprint yeah and then often I get into hyper focus once I'm in it it's yes just the, like the hurdle of getting started so that's mm-hmm. really good and the celebrating it's so like my tendency and I think many of us too are just like You finish it and move on and don't sit and reflect and savor and celebrate just yeah. the good feeling and of accomplishment like I did it I finished it this is awesome I did a great job right yeah
1: yeah well feel free to just like text me whenever you have
0: small wins and be like yay all <laughs> <'Cause,
1: laughs> yeah, right same to you yes I do that occasionally with Brian if he knows that I have been struggling with something like yesterday mm-hmm. when I I finished a draft of something that I was really dreading and I managed to kind of like limit the num- amount of time I would work on it and do it in small mm-hmm. spurts and I, I knew I I had to get done by a certain point but when I finished it I sent him a text like yay and he sent me like some emoji back you know like oh, just so like a little victory I can do that on my own but it does help to
0: celebrate that with other people too yeah but emojis are really fun where you have your own little character design do you know do oh, you have this yeah, I do. you I can don't. like dress it up and Avery dresses mine up and gives it blue hair and all kinds <laughs> of crazy outfits but it has these sort of built in little things where they're like riding a unicorn and like congratulations you know all these little right? fun things so that'd <laughs> that's be fun delightful to oh I like yeah. that that's so great and one of my clients i was advising him to make a wall of wins which is just evidence of these little victories and it could be a project you've worked on just like pin it up on the bulletin board it can be like something nice someone said to you it's sort of like the smile file like i keep a smile file in the google doc but it's not very visible so putting it where you can see it is really it's more memorable. Visible is memorable, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. Wall of wins.
0: Yeah, and like motivating you like while you're doing something else. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other ways that we've noticed
1: how we've evolved after listening back to this episode. So, what about you, Malia? What are some of the things you noticed?
0: Yeah, I talked about potential, and I was at that point still like reflecting on how I thought about potential as like a high schooler and college person because you hear just like don't waste your potential and I think especially mm. Enneagram Ones are really concerned with this like themselves and others like if they see others like squandering their time <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember must like, fix this yes exactly like when you know my friends in college would be playing guitar instead of studying for the test I'd be very concerned <laughs> boundaries <laughs> and maybe you know having looking back I'm like that was a great college experience you know better than mine in the reading room so yeah the fear of not meeting the potential like I even thought it was so romantic to die young because you would just like have all this potential, and you would never have to do the work to like, to, to I know to do those achievements, which is such a messed up idea. It's so
1: messed up, but it's not uncommon. I understand, like as a teenager where you're like I will die young and perfect and no one will ever know what I could have accomplished. My whole life ahead of me
0: I know and And maybe I I would have been amounted to nothing. I'm just like okay this is bullshit. I've come to think fuck potential. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is worthless if you don't do anything with it if it doesn't become kinetic energy. (laughs) You know? And who's to say what people's potential is? Like no one can really know that because your skills and knowledge grow with your effort and persistence over time. Yeah. So it is not a helpful concept to me for as far as human talent and intelligence goes.
1: No, and I think it's such an external concept too, right? It's like what, mm-hmm. of course you might have your own idea of what your potential is. But that just
0: sounds like something that your teacher says to you or your parent says to you. An yeah, external it's achievement thing. driven. Yeah. yeah. It's like measuring yourself against someone, like an external measuring stick. Yes. Um, which is just Bullshit. No, it's not helpful right. so yeah the growth mindset is you might be born exceptionally smarter talented with a lot of quote potential but if you have a fixed mindset and don't want to make mistakes or risk failing Because that might mean you're not so smart after all. You don't grow. And then someone else with less natural talent will surpass you pretty quickly with a growth mindset.
1: Yes. I actually wrote in my notes about a growth mindset as well. That has been a very helpful concept Mm, for me over the last few years. And just like identifying when I'm getting stuck in fixed mindset and being like, well, I am bad at this or this is who I am. And it's like, well, that's probably not true. You know, that's probably a changeable thing with effort. With it's not just like you have a set amount of talent and ability, and that's it.
0: Yeah. I think the farther I've gotten from school, like farther away I've gotten, Mm -hmm. I've just had less fucks to give about just like if. Yeah, number one, if I'm meeting my, quote, potential as other people see it, and, mm-hmm. and then if I appear smart to other people or appear talented to other people, like, I don't care. It's not really any of my business what they think. It's just what I think of myself.
1: Right. And, like, I feel like the people you might be trying to impress with that are not your people anyway. Like, it's not the people who matter. Right, exactly. Just
0: my little circle, and that's who I care, you know, about their opinions. Right. But, and they already know yeah. that
1: you're smart and funny and all those things. It's not, <laughs> like, you don't need to
0: prove anything to those right. people. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah, growth mindset is definitely an antidote for perfectionism. Yeah. Or an antidote sure. to perfectionism. Yeah. Yes. As is self-compassion. This one is, researchers say, the antidote to perfectionism is self-compassion. The biggest game changer for me, for sure. And I knew about it in concept from my therapist. God bless her. She introduced it to me several years ago. But it wasn't until I read Kristen Neff's book. She's the researcher and professor who developed this concept. It's a Buddhist concept, but researching how it works and what it can do and how you teach yourself self-compassion. I read the book, and that illustrated it for me and helped it sink into my bones and consciousness. And then I started doing self-compassion breaks as go-tos for any kind of distress. So this helps you have compassion for others, too. Because once you've validated and cared for yourself emotionally, then you have more room to do that for other people, like in conflict especially, because I get really, really wound up and defensive and mm-hmm. flooded and all of that. You can give yourself a hug, close your eyes, and then we'll go through the self-compassion break for the listener takeaways. But it was funny. My therapist, I was talking to her yesterday about this upcoming episode, and she was saying that before when she would talk about self-compassion, I'd get this little furrow in my brow, just like, <laughs> oh, I, I understand the concept, but I just don't really get it. Like, I just interesting. I know. Hmm. Hmm. So, people do this. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Yes.
0: That's really funny. <laughs> I know. So, that was um, really great to hear. And she said she does not see that anymore. Oh, so, I really great. have put it into practice. So, yeah, that was really, I felt really good about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, generally, that self compassion and just in general, it's helped me have compassion empathy instead of judgment for myself and for other people and just be more like good for her not for me
1: (laughs) yeah it's huge like self-compassion came up a lot in past episodes you know during our research i would come across kristen neff's research and you know the practice and all these things and so i knew about it but i'm still reading the book right now like i Mm -hmm. have skimmed big parts of it but i think as i've mentioned in previous episodes it is my middle of the night um reading (laughs) material
0: (laughs) it was mine too.
1: <laughs> yes, when I wake up at three in the morning and I can't go back to sleep and I'm feeling anxious or wound up, I literally keep my Kindle like next to my pillow and Aww. I just like pull that it out. Blanket, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I don't have to turn on a light. It has a little lit up screen and so I can just read a chapter however long it takes me to self-soothe and go mm-hmm. back to sleep. Yes. It's such a great book and there's so many lessons in it that I'm trying to put into practice. So I'm like, you know, maybe. 60% done with it but mm-hmm. I wake up so often in the middle of the night I will finish it sooner rather than later <laughs>
0: Silver lining Indeed. Yes, I can cue that one up as a go-to for the middle of the night reading because yeah, mm-hmm. usually I just read Bachelor News or whatever which is less soothing <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes,
1: mine are always like psychological thrillers or whatever fiction I'm reading. It's like, that is not what you need to read right now. Put oh that away. Oh my gosh, yeah, to soothe you. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to
0: sleep reading about like murderers and spies Lord, and stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another way I have evolved is having less shame over not doing what I intend to. Not getting started, not finishing, being behind on work and overwhelmed by life. And my ADHD diagnosis was a really huge relief for this and that really helped me because it was like okay there's a neurodevelopmental reason why this is extra hard for me Mm -hmm. and that's not to say that other people who struggle with this and do not have ADHD like that you still have compassion for yourself it's still like this culture of achievement and performance and all this hustling for worthiness so Mm -hmm. for me personally there were so many moments where I just I don't know big projects and small had shame or just like the way I showed up or blurted something out or ADHD moments in general so being able to forgive myself pardon my past selves for that was really great and so just again compassion you know and just like you didn't know better and you would have coped better if you had done better yeah and you just know about yourself so much more
1: than you did before and so yeah. to be able to have that awareness of like oh that was just an ADHD moment not like well what's wrong
0: with you or you know like right going through
1: that <laughs> that cycle and-
0: yeah and have it like make it mean something about you beyond like oh i blurted that out and it was like i don't know <laughs> i felt awkward like sure whatever like, let's we all on. have those moments right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah this next one i think both of us have really benefited from removing should from our vocabulary yes absolutely yeah and should is a cognitive distortion i would really like to get into that list one of these days but it just like warps reality and there. I still maintain there is no should beyond some things like you could say, like, you should not murder people. You should not steal, you know, but like as far as you should go to, I don't know, your kids, every baseball game you should. It's like it's a choice you make and there are consequences that happen. You know, it could be closeness with your kid. It could be whatever, but there's no should. It's just you know, it, it's choices. We make our own decisions. We get to decide. Right. Yeah. Does this line up with what I want to do? Does this line up with my values or the life that I want to lead? Not like... That's right. This
1: yeah external should of
0: like... Yeah. Are you aligned with your priorities and values? And yeah, there's very f- there are very few moral decisions that exist. Yes. Yeah. And it helps like you not be paralyzed by decision-making in general because if there's no like should or like right answer, then it's easier to make decisions. Right. Right. And it makes you think about what you want like I feel like Mm -hmm. removing
1: Mm -hmm. shoulds makes me think well this is an internal thing not an external thing which is a a big switch it helps a lot
0: yeah and then not putting that on other people like oh she should act like this she should come to my event because I went to hers or whatever it's just like no she gets to decide too (laughs) and then there are consequences for those actions sure exactly Yeah. yeah being more okay with little imperfections and mistakes and examples of this are like when my kids dress up for Halloween or for school dress up days and stuff I used to stress out big time and I still like don't love the school dress up days as I've said <laughs> there <laughs> are so I many of learned... them to be fair <laughs> <laughs> I know and I'm always just like trying to add one more thing that's going to make it like more authentic and more perfect and Darren's like no they get that this is like one time Evan did Miami Vice and so it's like oh, oh but what about so good aviators too. where are those and I think we like gave these old away and I was really mad about it <laughs> I'm like, Okay, chill like <laughs> he can't wear those at school anyway so right. I've gotten relaxed a little on that on those imperfections and then what is really important here that like Evan likes it okay cool right. So yeah the same thing with their with their hair because like Avery's hair is thick and tangles Evan sticks up when he gets up in the morning <laughs> and so I'm like tried to do my best I asked them like Evan can I like wet down your hair and if he says no I'm like okay well it's your hair and you're going to school like that and if you see it in the mirror and you're fine with it then that's okay and Avery's hair you know instead of worrying about oh the teachers and everyone's going to think that I'm a bad mom because she's got some tangles in her hair because she was like yelling and screaming and as the (laughs) bus was coming and I'm just like who cares I'm just going to send her. She's fine she's (laughs) well taken care of her good mom. (sighs) I know and even if they did think that about me doesn't mean it's true so no that's yeah. about them and not you so yes yeah. um and also like a mistake in the podcast i caught a little flub in an outro in one of our previous episodes and i was listening to it at like 10 p.m and i'm like uh i'll get it tomorrow you oh, know that's, and i just that's good. didn't like yeah pull out the thing immediately and start editing and replacing the file because i was like Ugh, it doesn't matter right <laughs> so, it's fine no one's gonna
1: die it'll be I okay <laughs>
0: this is our show. (laughs) Right. We leave it in for authenticity. That's right. That's right. Show that everyone makes mistakes. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> and gratitude practice. That's another thing. The three good things. We've talked a lot about that. And I still in my journal, I you know—I started doing that a while back and just jotting down three good things that had happened at the end of each day. And then during COVID for 77 days, I was writing these long three good things on Facebook with pictures to accompany it. And that really helped me. I think that was one of the most grateful periods I had in my life, even though it wow. was one of the hardest times yeah. in my life. Yeah, because I just was focusing on the things I was grateful for and throughout the day, looking for opportunities to take pictures and reflect. So yeah, we've, because of time and everything and somewhat getting back to normal, I've just gone back to jotting them down. It definitely doesn't have the same effect, but it still helps. And gratitude practice around the table is something that I would like to do every night. Darren kind of, not rolls his eyes, but he's tired. And so I think he kind of gets tired of it. Mm -hmm. So I'll like occasionally do it with the kids and him. And it's sweet. Avery's like, I'm grateful for mama. That's like most of what she (laughs) says.
1: That's a great one.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, but it's always good to yeah focus on what's going well, what's not wrong.
1: Yes, I know. I the last I guess couple weeks I've been back into journaling each night trying to do like a brain download and then writing the three things I'm grateful for three good Mm -hmm. things and it does help I think it it does help me unwind at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. even on hard days um, focusing on those those bright spots and there of course there are always many you know I I write three but there's often more that I could put down so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: it helps a lot
0: yeah, Chanel Miller who wrote the book Know My Name, an amazing memoir. Mm-hmm. She says that it helps her with gratitude practice. Sometimes it feels like when she like is actively grateful for, you know, her partner or whatever, she's like gets this anxiety about losing that person yeah. or thing and so she just will do thank you, thank you. She'll just look around the room and just like look at her partner, look at, you know, the things she has and say thank you, thank you, which I thought was a cool thing and pretty quick to access. Yeah, I like that. That's very easy to do in whatever moment you're in. Yeah, for sure yeah and Jill did you have any others that came to mind for you yeah
1: yeah I mean I have obviously a lot of overlaps with yours but Mm -hmm. um I feel like that one of the big things for me is the pandemic just kind of put a lot of things in perspective you know Mm -hmm. I mean fewer fucks in general right like oh yeah we only have so much energy to allocate and so you know what matters (laughs) what do I Mm -hmm. want to give my attention to is obsessing over this trivial thing for an hour going to do any good so It's one of the silver linings of a very hard couple years is being like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, this doesn't actually matter. This doesn't actually serve me hmm. So that's been good, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. Right. And a lot of the dramas are in our own heads. Like oh, what, totally. What people are going to think like who knows and who cares, frankly, except for that, you know, that inner circle.
1: Yes. Yes. And honestly, people are so wrapped up in their own stuff. They're probably not even thinking about it. Yes. So that's a relief. Yeah. Self-compassion. The book Krista Neff has been huge for me. Let's see, what else? Being just kind of more mindful about what's going on with me, kind of catching myself in those perfectionist moments. I feel Mm. like since we talked about this two years ago, I have more self-awareness about when I'm doing it. Even if I'm just kind of joking about it, I think humor helps me, you know, with Brian or with you or with a friend just being like, everything is ruined, you know, like this all or nothing thinking <laughs> yeah, that all or nothing. Yep. you know, that it has to be perfect or it's not worth or anything. It's worthless. Right, yeah. right. Like I'll joke about it if I'm, you know, I'm burned something I'm cooking or whatever it is, I'll be like, just throw it out. You know, dinner is ruined. The party
0: <laughs> <No>. is cancelled. <laughs> like just <laughs> Which is yes. silly. It makes me. Laugh. I know. Well, there was a. Um, let me pull it up because it was so it was tickling me so much. The other day, the calm app had a quote that I posted on my stories. If I don't have red, I use blue, <laughs> and Darren, in joking hyperbole, <laughs> said. If I don't have red, I burn down the whole studio because everything is ruined. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's perfect. Yes. Oh my god. That, that is really me and many moments.
1: Because yes, I
0: have evolved, but still, when things don't look exactly as they did in my mind, it is a little frustrating. Right. Right.
1: I'll like joke about like just turning over the kitchen table and being yeah, like, "Yeah, flip
0: it over. <laughs> Everything's ruined. Can't Trash it all. the hotel room." <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes, and it helps me to have those moments of humor because it is silly when I think about it.
0: Yes, seriously. Um, And (laughs) And that is good. I mean, the humor about the predicament. Yeah, like just kind of like, oh, there I go again. That's totally it really helps to joke about it. It does. Yeah. And I feel like part of that self-awareness is being able
1: to gently poke fun at myself and kind of guide myself back to. A steady state when I'm kind of getting in my own way with these emotions, you know, like recognizing them, naming them, bringing in humor if I can. Um, yeah, the like I always say, like I always definitely say. a perfectionism because <laughs> <For laughs> sure. it's always
0: like water under the bridge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and I think the last way that I've noticed I've evolved is being a little bit more open about new things or experiences. And many things, you know, I I'm open to anyway, but certain things I'm like. I hate puzzles, or I can't learn this new thing, or whatever it is. And, like, during the pandemic, like everyone else, I rediscovered that puzzles are awesome. Um. <laughs> You're a convert. <laughs> yeah exactly so now it's puzzle season again as it's getting cold so we're gonna have one set up in our living room again and buying the ukulele was one of the best decisions i made in the last two years just yeah. learning a new thing that i was of course terrible at the beginning and i'm now like mm-hmm. slightly less bad at but it's just a joy it doesn't matter so that has been great for my
0: perfectionism as well just being like oh but you just enjoy this thing that's it that's all that matters yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, puzzles are I think are good for my persistence because I we got really into them during the pandemic. But then the last one that I bought, it was a '90s puzzle, so I was really excited Ooh. about it. But it ended up being pretty hard. Like the pieces were small, and <laughs> the pattern was difficult. So I was just, and also it wasn't just pop culture; it was some like scenes of war and oh, stuff. Come and I was on. like, uh, so Darren ended up doing the entire thing. <laughs> sorry (laughs)
1: that's what brian did with the sistine chapel ceiling one which to be fair he wanted and i was like i'm gonna be of minimal help on this one because (laughs) it's like three colors it's all like tiny tiny pieces yeah it looks looks the the same same. pretty much all over and i'm like
0: oh yeah i'm already bored just looking at this box Mm -hmm. so i'm out (laughs) it's all you and he did it it was very impressive wow yeah i know darren's very persistent that way he's like i'm gonna finish it and he was patient. I need something to like listen to or watch while I'm doing the puzzle. I can't mm. just focus on the puzzle because that to me is boring. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. Mindful, but boring. indeed. <laughs> um, so what are some of our perfectionism triggers and where do we still want to grow? So we sent each other some voice memos on this topic as well one way that I'm still struggling with perfectionism is things like writing the perfect title for this episode, um, writing a caption for a Facebook post or Instagram post. I just want to have it be exactly as it is in my head. And then it starts getting overthought. And Conan O'Brien had a great quote about, you know, writing comedy, writing, when you overthink you start to stink. (laughs) So like the writing itself just gets overdone over, I don't know, melodramatic or grandiose, I guess is the word. So, or cheesy, whatever. And I just sometimes want to knock things out like Darren does on Twitter, but that is not the way that I operate. So something to work on.
1: I love that Conan quote very much. And yeah, so true. So relate to the, you know, overthinking and overwriting. And I just want to say everything all in this one thing. And then I'm like,
0: this was supposed to be an Instagram post. Why did this take you an hour? Oh, my God. I know. I, like, hit the character limit for Instagram too often. I'm like, oh, this should be a blog post. Or I need to learn the skill of brevity. It is a memoir, but in Instagram form. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Buckle up, friends. Like, well, I was born in 1983. (laughs) Where do I begin? And Jill, you sent a voice memo as well.
1: I think one of the biggest ways that I'm still working on my perfectionism is for some of the bigger life changes. Like if there's something that I want to pursue or there's something I want to change in my life or design my life in a different way, I have a hard time Just, I don't know, even wrapping my brain around it because I get scared about doing it wrong or messing up or just all of those fears kind of prevent me from even taking the first step. So that's something I'm
0: definitely still working on. I related to this one so much that I responded in voice memo form (laughs) immediately. (laughs) I so feel you on not getting started because it's just intimidating. I the other day knew I had to write some outreach emails and I knew I was procrastinating by doing a lot of other things like procrastivity, at least I got some other things done. However, I knew that this was the thing I needed to do during the day. So I was aware that it was emotions that were stopping me from doing this thing. And so I did journal and write down that I was afraid this was related to outreach for Rising Spiral for my coaching practice. And so just the fear of this not working and like my family falling apart and all these things just so I wouldn't even like engage with it which obviously I need to push through that and just allow the fear to be there observe it just make space for it befriend it as we've talked about in our episode and just then do it and not let that fear drive So that's procrastination and perfectionism are so related and learning that was really important for me. And it's all based on emotion. So if you can get to the heart of the emotion that's causing that procrastination, then you can learn to do it anyway.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. So much on this. The procrastination and perfectionism and fear all being kind of like intertwined has been a huge revelation. And oh, (laughs) man.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the generalized anxiety sometimes about things that actually, if you articulate them and write them down, they're not that realistic that it would happen. And then if they did, you would be able to deal with it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And just identifying those emotions, you know, like, what's getting in the way of you making this next step, like you were talking about with the the emails you're writing about your coaching practice. And I I fall into that too, where it's like, I get so caught up in the fear of this isn't going to work, or or I don't know what I'm doing, or people are going to think x, y, and z Mm -hmm. that I do nothing. And that's not where I want to be either. Um, You know, so like, for me, I feel like even identifying what it is that I want, kind of like getting out of the tunnel vision and out of the slog of whatever day-to-day stuff I'm kind of dealing with and taking a, a bigger picture view and reflecting on like, well, what kind of life am I trying to create? How am I taking those mm-hmm. steps toward that life? Is this thing that I'm afraid of going to get me closer to that? And yeah, you know, what are all the emotions that are, that are stopping me from from doing that thing? But it's hard. I mean, this is an ongoing (laughs) thing. This is something I I deal with every day.
0: And then if we're overworking something, it's like diminishing returns at some right. point. Like it really does make it worse or it's just not going to make it that much better. So like catching yourself and then asking, is this going to help? What's important right now? Those are good questions to mm-hmm. ask. But yeah, practicing the pause will uh, like open space to ask yourself some of these questions and be mindful and intentional instead of just like I get into a frenzy sometimes where I'm just like head down. This is going to work. This is going to be exactly what I right. want. Right. It's yes. It's tough to break that that pattern, but sometimes when I do like that
1: sort of limited time frame like I was talking about earlier, it helps with that cause it's like, well, you can't
0: spend an hour and a half on this email because I'm giving you 20, 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. It's- That's something I'm growing into. I'm timing myself on certain like tasks at work, and I'm trying to remember to do that, and then also like setting a time before I start. And saying, what does done look like? Yes. <laughs> so then it's like setting parameters of like, okay, what are you trying to achieve? When it gets to this, then you stop. And then ideally within this time frame.
1: Yes. My future self is going to be better at this. I'm working on <laughs> Me it. too. Me too. <laughs> I'm working on it. And I am getting better at kind of identifying some of the internal shoulds like we've talked mm-hmm. about before. Because sometimes that is what is just roiling around in this emotional Mm. stew of mine and you know it's the the what i i want to do that i'm trying to identify in the shoulds that are standing in the way and you know that kind of internal battle often mixed with like comparison with others that's a really fun Mm. you know yeah it's always
0: useful yeah yeah a little
1: spice to add to that mix so (laughs) to that stew yes it's quite tasty
0: (laughs) one thing I wanted to add is that I'm seeing the perfectionism manifest in my kids a little bit mm. especially with Avery and I don't know if it's because she's a girl I don't know if it's culture or what she had this body image thing I was like oh yeah you were such a cute little chubby baby and she's like I don't want to be chubby no, I'm like no. this was when she was four years old I was like oh my gosh where are you hearing this gosh, so already. it starts early it's freaking messages to women I hate that and girls yeah so there's that and then also she's learning her letters and 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 so she's got some packets where it's an R in the middle, and then she draws things that start with R and so we brainstormed together and I was like oh rat and she's like I don't know how to draw a rat you know and mm-hmm. one was foot for F and Darren suggested foot and she wouldn't even try to draw a foot and that kind of gets him upset because he's like just try you know just right. put something down and let's see but she'll erase and so we're working on her with that She's like it doesn't matter like this is just for fun and you'll get better with practice and all that you're only five so oh I, fe- <laughs> my I see myself in that so much <laughs> and it, oh it pains me especially because you know she's such a confident little Little miss in so many ways and like never lose that <laughs> i know exactly yeah in other ways she she really is so yeah as far as how i want the spiral to rise in the future i really want to work on radical acceptance i think i'm always working on mm-hmm. that there's this great quote that i have posted in my office and it says mindfulness is simply being aware of what is happening right now without wishing it were different <sighs> J- james Baraz. yes yeah that's the heart of it. That's it. <laughs> just, Seems so simple when you say it I like know. that. <sighs> I know. Oh, easy, now easy. just to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like observing and being curious. Darren always joking like, "Don't get mad. Get curious. Don't be anxious. Get curious." You know? <laughs> Can't I be both? Yeah. I know. So yes, radical acceptance, meaning you don't need to approve. You don't need to condone it. You just need to accept that it is happening and not fight reality. It is what it is. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to be less sensitive to criticism. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. this is a realistic thing for an Enneagram one with ADHD because RSD, the rejection sensitive dysphoria, is part of ADHD for most mm-hmm. people. And that's like if you perceive criticism or failure, or mistakes, then you go into despair or rage immediately. I've heard it called rejection projection. Mm. And so, yeah, Darren, I'll be like, yeah, you basically said that. And he's like, I did not say that. <laughs> like, you basically did. So I'm like projecting my own feelings right. typically of my feeling bad about something onto him that he feels that way about me and so i'm like treating him as if he said that thing right. i can read between <laughs> the lines i can hear what you're really saying <laughs> oh my goodness if i could be less sensitive to criticism then that would solve a lot of problems yes oh my gosh me too and i have gotten better about it in
1: some ways i feel like things that i care less about not not that i don't care about you know client work or things that i'm working on but i'm but i'm mm-hmm. not emotionally invested in it I'm Mm -hmm. able to have a more objective and curious attitude toward it like I had a, a client a while back who would give really vague criticism sort of annoying like i don't like it i'm like okay <laughs> like, that's say more about that yeah right exactly and i'm like it got to the point where i, I thought it was kind of funny because it was so consistent and mm-hmm. so i would be like okay that's interesting could you tell me more about that like what about this mm-hmm. do you not like is it this mm-hmm. or is it this and like getting getting to the heart of the thing that you don't like so we can fix it so i'd like to be like that in other areas of my life not you know
0: an article or a, a project I... that i i'm not like my heart and soul is not poured into this thing, you know. That's right. Like you're not over identifying with any of these things. Right. Like, it's not that you're me. creating. It's just. Yeah, it's not you. Thing. It's just something outside of you and making it mean like these things that we sort of assume that if we put this out in the world and it doesn't do as well as we thought or get engagement then it means we are a failure right. and that we are not worthy of attention and, and love and belonging and enough. Right. So,
1: Which I'm like, objectively. A lot. a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes. I know that this one thing that I'm working on is not, you know, who I am as a person and as a <laughs> lovable, worthy human being, you know, it's, oh, it's a little too much. Also, if I don't even care about the thing I'm writing about, it's probably not I it's right? valuable. Yeah.
0: Yes. One more thing on criticism. I read that constructive criticism, you can think of it as construction is building something and constructive criticism. If someone takes the time to give that to you, they want to build something with you, whether it's the relationship or mm-hmm. your skills at work. And so it's like a turning toward and a building rather than uh, rejecting or pushing away, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I, I like think that. that is a yeah, very really healthy those- attitude. I know. I was yes. like, it will take me some time to like internalize this, but I see where you're going. <laughs> I like what you're thinking. So, for our listener takeaways, we wanted to share
1: some of the practices and strategies that have helped us heal perfectionism, and others that are backed by research. So, the first category is books and other media. The Gifts of Imperfection by Brené Brown has been. A huge influence for both of us. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned this before, but she and her sisters did a summer series revisiting the book for the 10th anniversary on her podcast, Unlocking Us, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, so good. They go through the 10 guideposts of wholehearted living and just kind of see where they are in, you know, the tank, basically, you know, how full is the tank for these different things and what they're still working on. And it's just so encouraging to see that even she is
0: still working on things as an ongoing practice oh yes it was super encouraging she also has the gifts of imperfect parenting which I think is an audible original and it's short and it's super helpful I want to revisit that myself that's great I didn't realize she had one on
1: parenting specifically Mm -hmm. and self-compassion by Kristen Neff which we have talked about at length Um, highly recommend highly recommend and her website too you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of these things available we'll link to some of them in the show notes just really quick resources Yeah, yeah quick easy resources just really easy to implement and also the video the power of yet which we've mentioned before it's a janelle monet sesame street video which is one of my favorite things on
0: this planet yes the music video the song yes where it just shows that with practice you can get better at stuff and it's just not yet yes (laughs) it is all about the growth mindset and it's charming and delightful and very catchy yes Well, as far as practices, we will share the original five from episode 25, and you can read more about each one in the show notes. Number one, start with self-compassion. Two, practice gratitude, and that's having a gratitude practice, like an intentional one. Three, aim for good enough. Four, channel perfectionism into conscientiousness. And five, cultivate play and laughter.
1: Yes, all of these are very helpful. And I feel like I've internalized them all to some degree, even though
0: I don't, you know, do them consistently. (laughs) But yeah, same. Yeah. And the play and laughter when I just I'm definitely working on that. We just talked about play in a previous Mm -hmm. episode recently. And it's something that especially when I'm stressed or tired, it's very hard. to, And in conflict, it's almost impossible for me to (laughs) access. But it is aspirational. That's on the top
1: of my rising spiral. Yes. And you can develop your own self-compassion break and mantra using Kristin Neff's research. So a number of studies have called self-compassion the antidote to perfectionism. And the three steps briefly are, number one, self-kindness, show yourself gentle understanding instead of judgment. Number two, common humanity, recognize that we're all part of the imperfect human family and we're not alone in our experiences. And number three, mindfulness, take a balanced approach to your negative thoughts and emotions so you're not suppressing them but you're also not getting swept away with them. So you can write down phrases that are easy to remember in moments of pain or stress that will help you give yourself compassion. And a few that Kristin Neff recommends are, This is a moment of suffering. I'm not alone. May I give myself the compassion that I need.
0: Yeah, and that's what you use during the self compassion break. You just close your eyes for a moment, take a deep breath, you know, put your hands on your chest, and then in your mind. If you're at home, you can say it out loud. And then that's very quick, but it can mm-hmm. shift your whole day. Yes, it really helps. Yes. So another strategy is to recognize your perfectionism triggers and practice how you respond. So you pay attention in advance if you know something is going to trigger that and be ready for it, respond intentionally. You can get curious about those things that set off your perfectionism and prevent you from making progress in your goals, large and small. Ask yourself what has helped you overcome those roadblocks in the past. And a few ways that you can respond are mantras. Jill and I are always using different mantras to help ourselves cope and like ground ourselves. Mm-hmm. So soften is one that I've just used on and off to soften toward yourself, toward other people, soften your jaw, you know, in these like progressive relaxation techniques with meditation, you soften different parts of your body, but it just lets you show up with I don't know, like a less harsh and aggressive stance. <laughs> <laughs> less aggressive. <laughs> Are you picturing me (laughs) harsh and aggressive? (laughs) Yes. Soften, Leah. Soften. (laughs) Soften. (laughs) Perfection is a delusion is a mantra that I like. I say perfection is a lie a lot, but delusion is even more poetic. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you don't want to be delusional, do you? No. Progress, not perfection. This one helps me some, but that's a common one. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Does help me. That one does stop me because I'm just like, oh, this one extra thing. I'm like, okay. don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Especially if it's it prevents enough. you
1: from putting it out into the world. You know, yeah, it will never be perfect, but you want it to be done or good enough to be out there.
0: Yes. And one of the great artists said that art is never finished, just abandoned, which I think. <laughs> which I like I love. That. Uh, And what does done look like? That has helped me a lot. Every time I sit down to work, I write what does done look like on a little whiteboard and I write down what I'm going for and when I know I'm done. And then it helps you celebrate, too, that you're done. Yes, especially like refining, refining, editing.
1: Right. Especially with things that, you know, are ongoing or it's like you can always do more. I feel like Mm -hmm. being, you know, self-employed, I run into that a lot. It's like just recognizing like, okay, this is done and celebrate and shut down for the day or take a break, whatnot. Another practice is cognitive reframing, and we will cover this in an upcoming episode, but this approach recognizes that our thoughts create feelings, our feelings drive our behavior, and that behavior produces our results. So you shift the way you think about something, For example, if you experience a failure, you choose the thought, well, that didn't work. Next time I'll do better versus I'm a failure and we'll keep on failing and I will die alone and penniless. And on and
0: on and on. And just embellish, you know, improvise. (laughs) And this one's related. Use an optimistic explanatory style. We talked in episode 15, choosing optimism about this. That, per, uh, that pessimists, and often perfectionists, tend to internalize their misfortunes. They think that the misfortunes are personal, permanent, and pervasive. That is, it's my fault, it'll always be like this, and in every area of my life. Whereas optimists tend to explain unfortunate events as external, temporary, and specific. Like something happened that was beyond my control, it will pass, and it was limited to that situation. And you can become more optimistic and stop over identifying with mistakes and failures by practicing this explanatory style. Yes, that is very helpful, especially the it's not permanent thing. I think that is something that I forget sometimes. Like,
1: it's not always going to be like this.
0: Yes, I know. I wish this too shall pass has not become so cliche or whatever. Because it's, I mean, it's 100% true. It is. <laughs> like, it it is. really helps when you honestly internalize that. Absolutely.
1: Another practice is to recognize and celebrate where you've evolved and how you're
0: still evolving. And you can do your own progress tracker for perfectionism. Yeah, you can download a progress tracker, the one that Jill and I filled out, uh, The Rising Spiral, on my website, risingspiralcoaching.com. And that helps you look at where you were in the past, where you are now, and where you hope to be in the future, and give yourself credit for any progress that you've made. Well, now it's time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we share something that we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us right now. So Jill, what is your Get It Together, Got It Together? Well, my Get It
1: Together is just being totally depleted and cranky and just not in a great state. I had a little mini meltdown during our sound check while we were about to record this
0: episode. (laughs) We got a lot of variable sounds. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah, we really tested that sound. So I appreciate your patience and helpful strategies and understanding like I was able to kind of cry it out for a minute and bounce back sort of (laughs)
0: yeah that energy has to go
1: somewhere it does it does and I often will try to you know bottle it all up and be like no just power through and get this stuff done and then you know someone asks me how I am and I'm like
0: "Uh, (laughs) I know it's just like the water works it's like right below the surface yeah
1: it's very very shallow below the surface so I'm just in kind of a stressy period right now and that's been hard and I I hate that I feel like I'm giving kind of the dregs of myself to my loved ones and the projects that I really care about like semi together so that's that's been tough especially the last couple days
0: I'm sorry babe I really appreciate the prep that you did for some of this and for also being compassionate with me for being perfectionistic i will talk about that in my get it together on on the notes for it but you are doing awesome you're doing so many great things and you are a love no matter what you know your productivity is not your worth and all those things but yeah take a self-compassion break i mean regularly because it is hard i mean it's hard right now in general and it's a busy period and uh, also the breaks we were talking before about those breaks of like building in things into your schedule even when you're, especially when you're busy I know to, f- to fuel you I know uh, I appreciate it thank you and I yes
1: I absolutely know this and I'm trying to be better about practicing it you know not getting stuck in this like I don't have time for a break I can't do anything that's joyful or fun or relaxing I need to just put my nose to the <laughs> grindstone and get this stuff done and
0: yeah. And at some point you burn out. Yes. In
1: and then, you know, you just start crying on a, a call and that, that
0: just happens. So, ah, yes. Yeah. So
1: that's happening. That's my get it together. My got it together, which is actually a great antidote to those feelings is making a lot of comfort food and starting the show Ted Lasso.
0: Yay, Which has been that wonderful. It is one of my top three
1: shows of all time. Oh my gosh. It's great. You know, we hadn't had access to it until recently, and we've heard so many wonderful things about it from you and other friends. And so we started it this past weekend. And also, we got we got this like enameled Dutch oven that looks, it's kind of like the Le Creuset style, but it's by the the brand Lodge. So it's much, much mm-hmm. cheaper. But it's, yep. nice. <laughs> but it's this beautiful red color. Love it so much. And so to christen it, we made beef bourguignon. Um, like oh. a huge batch of it with uh, mashed potatoes, which is like...
0: Yum. That
1: sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. It's... That's a great, yeah, great comfort. Yes. So basically we're just eating that all week. And after work, we're watching an episode or two of Ted Lasso, which is just like a hug. It's so delightful yes. and optimistic. balm for the soul. I love yes. it. it's so good. So yeah, that's
0: been a wonderful practice and I'm going to do that shortly. I'm very excited about <laughs> it. So good. Yes. I know. I miss having a go to show like yeah. that. I mean, we had, we watched Ted Lassiter, We're Caught Up and, you know, Shits Creek during the pandemic. Mm, that was our mm-hmm. go to. I knew no matter how challenging the day was, I had a glass of wine and an episode yes. of Shits Creek waiting. <laughs> yes. And it's so great. So oh, I'm so happy you're watching it. Yes. We get to talk about I
1: it. know. We'll be done with this, the first season soon. So we will, we'll discuss.
0: Yes. yes, um, and I wanted to say on the refueling thing, I revisited our workbook that we made on how to make time oh, yes. for what fuels you. And it is so good. It's really helpful good job, past to us. Build, to bu- <laughs> I know to build in the refueling, rejuvenating things throughout your day, throughout your week. So you end the day feeling like you had a day, even though you took ten minutes to, like, read a book you wanted to read uh-huh. just to do something for yourself and so we'll link to it in the show notes but it's um subscribe slash fuel you can download the workbook yes i have not looked at that in a long time and i think that's something <laughs> that i could use right now <laughs> yeah and honestly if you just use the schedule because it's like a fuel boosted schedule and it divides the day into blocks and you're like okay where can I squeeze this in Yeah, it's just like a 15 minute jog I'm going to put this on like three days a week in the early morning if you just print that out and use it and we have examples of ours then I think that can really make a difference yes absolutely oh, okay well what about you Malia what's your get it together got together well as I alluded to being perfectionistic about this very episode <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> ironic always, I, you know, I always think like oh we'll just wing it you know and being writers by trade mm-hmm. we are used to writing out these things instead of just bulleting out our general thoughts and just riffing so it took a lot longer than I thought we've recorded later and so it's pushing into the rest of the day of course this topic is so core to my being and <laughs> I like, want to cover work everything done, <laughs> you know and what I want to coach people on so I want it to come across the way I intend so anyway it's always good to check ourselves I mean awareness is the first step and yes. so if we and just like be aware, and at some point, be like, get, like you were chatting me gently, just like, Oh, hey, like, when do you think you'll be ready to record? <laughs> and I'm like, just a few minutes, just a few just minutes. yeah. And You're I do the same kind. thing,
1: so I definitely understand. And of course, with topics like this, with you know, procrastination, when we were doing that one, I was totally procrastinating on doing the outline
0: for it. (laughs) Yes, right. Yes, case in point of why we're talking about it. Yes, the irony
1: is not lost on me, and especially with things that are like, there's so much I want to share, and there's so much research, and I'm like, you know, you can get, I I can get my, I can get lost in all of the things that I want to express in one little episode.
0: Yes. Well, in episode 25, I said that I think perfectionism underlies so many things that we talk about on and semi together, like the heart and the current that runs through everything. <laughs> yes. And so since it is about everything, <laughs> I need to talk about it's be a lot of content. I know yes. need to cover it. <laughs> Well, my Got It Together is building into my day intentional quality time with Darren, with Evan, and Avery, and looking up more often, mm. meaning I've been looking down on my phone or my projects or I'm in my head. That's why I leave things all over the house because I'm thinking about other things while I'm walking around. But just making sure I have those moments with them of connection and joy And we feel like we've seen each other that day. Mm -hmm. So it can, you know, it's easy to end the day without that happening. So we have the special time with the kids, the one-on-one time. And granted, Evan and I have been in conflict a little bit lately. So sometimes he chooses to punish me by not having our special time, which makes me sad. But he's liking to watch The Simpsons lately. We finished the Harry Potter series. And so we've been watching like episodes of The Simpsons, which is pretty fun. I do want to get back on the reading. I do love The Simpsons. So we'll just have to maybe do the reading another time if he keeps wanting to watch TV so we'll see. He gets to choose. Oh, that's really fun. (laughs) Yes, they are my priority, and and even when I state that priority and I look at my day and I didn't spend a lot of time with them, that, that alignment doesn't feel good. And so just have to keep realigning. And for, for ADHDers, this is an ongoing issue. It's an ongoing thing that you keep having to revisit because you get lost in your head, you lose track of time, and then suddenly you just like haven't seen your people that day or connected with them. Yeah, I totally feel that as well. That's really good that you're intentionally carving out those
1: moments with the people who are most important to you. And the looking up more often, that's a good one. I'm going to steal
0: that. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Right. I mean, and literally, if you're outside, too, I mean, looking up at the trees for that, those moments of awe, Mm -hmm. I think it's like one minute of looking up at the trees will give you a much better day, research says, because of the experience of wonder and awe and feeling like your place, it puts things in perspective. Yes. Oh, that's good. I'm taking that. (laughs) Do it well that is all for this episode of semi Together. How do you manage perfectionism how have you evolved and where are you still growing email us at podcast at semitogether.com or send us a voice memo if you haven't already please take a moment to subscribe
1: and leave us a review. You can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com/
0: semitogether. And if you are a perfectionist, including adults with ADHD, and listening to this episode, finding some good stuff, I would love to coach you to treat yourself with compassion, to put some of these things into practice, like not shooting and accepting your authentic and perfectly human self. You can set up a free discovery call at risingspiralcoaching.com. Thanks for listening to Semi Together. And take
1: it from us, you have it more together than you think you do. Side note, Brian has a an app that he used to use for sort of everyday journaling, but he has like a, a hashtag in there of just like things that I've said over the years that he finds funny, which is <laughs> just That's very amazing. sweet. Just very sweet. And one of them that pops up every now and then is I was writing an email when he we were both in the office and I was like, is there a bigger lie than the phrase... I'm looking forward to your feedback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, that's not the attitude I want to, you know, embrace in my life, but I, I definitely feel that way sometimes. I'm like, unless it's you're amazing and so is this, I don't really want that's your criticism right. or
0: feedback. Yeah. You just have, like, I look forward to your positive praising feedback. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> implied. <laughs> it's implied. <laughs>